0: Thursday, October 13th, this is Jaguar's Happy Hour. And now, Citrus Distiller's most experienced taste sister and poster boy, J.P. That's me. Welcome in. It is Jaguars happy hour and a busy two hours ahead on this Thursday afternoon. It's week six. We'll hear from analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up ahead of the Jaguars Colts matchup at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis this Sunday, a one o'clock kickoff time. Quarterback play, a big topic around the team and the fan base this week after seven giveaways from the quarterback over the last two games. And then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach at 5 o'clock today on the Jaguars Radio Network and get his thoughts about how they're working through some of the issues at quarterback and uh, the offense as a whole lately. The defense playing pretty well. Plenty to get to there. The Jaguars continued preparation for the Week 6 game against the Colts today. It was coordinator day at the podium, as it is every Thursday. Offensive coordinator, Press Taylor, Knows this offense is leaving opportunities out there on the field, and it goes deeper than just the quarterback.
1: The last two weeks, we haven't played to the standard we've set for ourselves as an offense. That's Trevor, as well as a lot of other people, coaches included. We're included in that. We have not, um, you know, we have not met the, that standard that we've set for ourselves, and that's why we've come up short as an offense the last two weeks. So we all take responsibility for that. Um, You know, there's there's throws, there's decisions Trevor wants back, just like there's decisions a lot of guys want back, play calls we want back, play designs we want back, suggestions, all that type of stuff. So, you know, we're all in this thing together.
0: Earlier this week, quarterback Trevor Lawrence on the balance of taking a check down instead of throwing deeper down the field into a risky situation, there's a deep answer from him into how to keep the offense alive and on the field.
2: You're never going to be perfect on that, you know. As a quarterback you're gonna you're gonna make some mistakes, but it's what we talked about especially yesterday, and that's kinda my goal just moving forward and I've always thought about it, but especially now after the last couple games, just don't make a bad play worse as far as if, if we're not if we didn't get the look we necessarily thought we were gonna have or first couple guys aren't open, you don't make a bad play worse. Throw the ball away, scramble for no gain, a yard or two, whatever it is, and move on to the next play. And you know that's kind of the the lesson to learn just you, you relearn these things all the time playing this sport because it's it's uh you know you think you got something and then you make that that mistake again and you just have to keep going back to um the little thing so i think for for me it's just um being a being a great player is yes making all the the routine plays even the great plays but it's also how do i minimize the bad plays and how do i make a bad play maybe i i misread something but it doesn't turn into interception. It's just an incompletion, you know, you throw it away. So stuff like that, um, I think that's where the great ones, that's what they do really well is they, they don't make bad plays worse and they really minimize them. So
0: we'll see if they can adjust it this week On to the defense. Now, Trayvon Walker had the unnecessary roughness last week, but in general, the league is protecting quarterbacks a little bit more. Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator explained how challenging it is to teach where and how to hit the quarterback.
1: Yeah, well, you have the rules. You just have to abide by them, and they're not changing, but you just have to understand that in that situation, you can't throw them down. You can pull them down, horse collar them in the pocket, but there are certain ways where you have to land on a quarterback or try not to land on a quarterback, and we've gone over that. They understand it, and it's tough for a defensive player, but
2: that's what we got to do, abide by the rules.
0: There you have it. You can see the full press conferences. Press Taylor and Mike Caldwell available on Jaguars.com. And, uh, well, I guess in order to, you know, hit the quarterback, that means you have to get to the quarterback. We'll get to that coming up as well. Jeff Loggeman with us, Jaguars analyst. Good afternoon. It's week six. Week six.
1: On the, on the Indy.
0: On to and on, on to Indy.
1: To use my uh, best Bill Belichick,
0: we're on to Indy. Well, a uh, good thing because the last two weeks have not gone so well for this team. Back to back losses, sloppy conditions in Philly two weeks ago and then coming back home, uh, disappointing loss to say the least against Houston. But still an opportunity. You can go ahead and you get a win this week. Two and one in the division, three and three, and everything's still out in front for this team.
1: Yeah, I was I was actually uh just writing my little tidbit for John Osher, who compiles the experts' opinions. Who? Some guy named John oh, Osher. Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Okay. And and I was writing in this, you know, because you say the Jags will win if, you know, the Colts will win if, and then how you see it, that kind of thing. And uh, it, it's amazing when you look at the Jaguars' two wins and that they were plus five. In those games, you had three takeaways against the Colts. They were all interceptions, and then you had two takeaways against the Chargers. So you're plus five in your two wins, and then I believe you were seven giveaways, one takeaway in the then the last two losses. That's not right. not looking back to Washington. That's right. And you always they always say that turnover differential is one of the biggest factors or single most determining factor in whether you win or lose. I mean, if if you want to look at one stat, I mean, that one right there might be the one to take a look at. And, and yes, it's, it's obvious, and a lot of people know this, that a lot of those takeaways or the giveaways have been at the hands of Trevor Lawrence. And that's part of what happens when you have a young quarterback, and, and he needs to have a bounce-back week. We we're hoping that he would have a bounce-back week this past game, and it didn't happen. Uh, I thought it was uh, wasn't as egregious as the game in Philadelphia because the the number of fumbles that he put on the ground in that game were tough. But he's got to get better. But what Press Taylor just said is so true. You know, and that he's saying, "Look, we all got to get better. Coaches, players, everybody around Trevor and he's right on that." You know, I mean, you go back and you look at that game, this past game and that was a winnable game, JP, and there's no yeah. argument, I think, from anybody I'd that that's a winnable game. No doubt. And you look at things that could have been done differently in that game from other people besides Trevor Lawrence, okay, Trayvon Walker, okay, what Mike Caldwell was just talking about. we got to play by the rules. Well, okay, let's not be offsides, and let's not be offsides and then get mad about it and throw the quarterback down to the ground. you got to be smarter than that. And you and 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 here's the thing. Around the league this past weekend, that might have been the biggest reason as to why now going forward. You better not do that again. That's right. Because the league is is trying to protect their their players. So that's one example. Dan Arnold has a drop. Etienne has a drop. Evan Ingram has a drop. Zay Jones might have made one of those two catches that were kind of off his fingertips. Okay. Uh, James Robinson on a fourth and one, okay. A little read option. Mm-hmm. If he goes straight downhill, it's one on one with the safety to the end zone, okay. But okay, let's say he makes a bad read, okay. You see, he goes front side right there. Juwan Taylor, who was on the left side in an unbalanced look, get a little better lock, block, and then so, so if James makes the wrong read, you still get a yard. Mm. You know what I mean? So. When, it's when,
0: easy to say, oh, the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Of course, when it's, it's easy to say that when it's there's eleven yes. guys out there.
1: It's it's very easy to say that, you know, and I, and that's why I bring up some of these plays because I mean the reality is is that a lot of it is on the quarterback, but it's also there's some things that are on other people. You know, there's plenty on Trevor. You know, early early in the game, his throws were a little high. Mm-hmm. And then later in the game, he's trying to force a ball into a window that doesn't exist when you have to be able to do other things underneath. You know, the other things underneath, okay, in what we call yak, okay, and it's not an animal, okay? It's not a llama type thing, JP. I know that's what you're thinking. Thank you. Okay, yak, acronym, yards after catch. Thank you. When you face teams that play a lot of cover too, sometimes you got to throw it underneath. But then also when you throw it underneath, everything with the ball placement is imperative. What I mean by that is that if the ball is put in a position to where the receiver can do things with the ball immediately after making the catch, the better the throw, the better the reaction, the better the yak. And so Trevor has to have, even though he's completing some of these balls underneath, he has to have some better accuracy of those throws underneath so that the players are in a better position – to come out of the catch to gain
0: more yards. So, does that come with time? I mean, just time on task with these guys, like the timing, I mean, how does that improve?
1: A quarterback's actress accuracy is so dependent upon anticipation, correct?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you think about it. With a like a baseball pitcher, okay? You're, you've been around baseball mm-hmm. many years. Mm-hmm. Pitchers are all about accuracy, okay? When they're winding up they're winding up and delivering a pitch knowing where they want to go with the ball. That's how they can pinpoint, pinpoint accuracy on certain pitches. A Quarterback is very similar in that if they know where the ball is going to go or have a, a pretty strong idea as to where the ball needs to go or where it's going to go, then they anticipate that with their feet. They react with their feet in a, in a much more – anticipatory fashion to where now they're ready to make the throw. Now Tom Brady, when, when he lines up, J.P., he'll, he'll eliminate the first and the second option on a play and maybe be on to the third and fourth when the ball hits his hands. So now he knows, okay, I'm not throwing it to those two guys because I've determined the coverage already pre-snap. Right, yeah. you know, so the more experience a, player, a yeah. player gets, and then Trevor Lawrence, in case, the more experience he gets, the more accuracy he will, he will get because he will know where he needs to be going with the football.
0: I think to your baseball reference, that's called command of pitches. Yes, you know a, exactly where it's going, exactly. and if you command your fastball or whatever it is, exactly. uh, you know exactly where and why you're putting it in a spot, and that that comes with time.
1: And with a quarterback, you know the the when you start to gain more experience in a system and a progression. So I've I've you know repped this progression many times, and now I'm repping it against four different defenses. Now you have something that you kind of your memory goes back to, and so then your reaction time is quicker, your anticipation is much better, your accuracy is much better because your footwork is more anticipating where the ball needs to go. So, I mean, all of these things factor in, and, and I will tell you, you've got to have a, a, a certain level of toughness to play that position on the field when I'm talking about being able to take the, finish, the physical punishment, but you also have to have the mental toughness to be able to fight through some of these young moments. And to be able to kind of put the blinders on and be able to focus on your game. And that's what Tra- where Trevor's at
0: right now. Yeah, I liked what he said. Don't make a bad play worse. You know, if things aren't going well, you know, just dump it away to the sideline and live to fight third down. You know, don't don't force it in that window well, in it, second and one. And
1: here's another way to put it. You know, when he, when he says don't make a bad play worse. And, and that's if nothing's there, I think, is yeah. where he's talking that's about, right. where there are no options. Okay, and then – Sometimes with a quarterback you get greedy. When I say you get greedy is that you want to force the ball down the field a little bit into a very small window when sometimes you know all you need to do is move the sticks and line up another another play and get a new set of downs so you know check it down or throw it to this guy underneath because that window down the field is just doesn't make any sense to try to force it into that window because it's, it's too small. The percentage of completing that pass down there in that small window is much smaller than it is of just okay, let's just move the chains here on this down, throw it up underneath, and then, okay, now we'll line up. Maybe we'll get a play down the field later on. And the challenge this week is similar to last week. And it, from the standpoint of you're facing – teams now that like to play a lot of zone. Levy Smith, it was a cover two zone. All eyes are on the quarterback. Trevor sometimes doesn't do a very good job with kind of hiding where his eyes are. Okay, that's part of experience as well. This week, Gus Bradley defense plays more cover three zone than anybody in the league. So here's another week in which you have people with their eyes on you watching your eyes. And so this is going to be a big challenge for Trevor this week. He's got to protect the ball. And if he does, this team will have a, a strong chance of having success again against the Colts.
0: PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We are just off and running. Two hours ahead of us tonight. Well, an hour and 45 minutes ahead of us. The Doug Peterson Show is at 5 o'clock. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach and get his thoughts heading into week six, especially on that offense and the quarterback play and uh, that we've just talked through with Trevor Lawrence. We'll return though with a look at the Jaguars defense and their matchup this week. Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts await this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Loggeman. It is Jaguars happy hour. And the Jaguars are headed to Indianapolis this week to face the Colts in week six. The Jags shut out the Colts, of course, back in week two. A month apart between these games. And the Jaguars uh, Logs will be facing Matt Ryan again. They sacked him five times back in that uh, opening matchup um they shut down the running game that helped them be able to rush the passer in that game uh, Which was Andy. that's that's the big reason why all of that happened. Yeah, you shut down Taylor and then all of a sudden it set up <laughs> everything. They were they didn't have a couple receivers either way. Uh, those guys are back. There's some changes now in this Indy team.
1: Well, there's been ch- well there's changes as far as you know and, and and every time you play a team in a division, you know, the second time around it's always going to be different. You know, there's different guys that are available. And uh, sometimes, sometimes a team's identity can change a little bit. Lineups can change, and there's there's a little bit of change. Uh, the, the big amount of change is will or won't he play as Jonathan Taylor. You know, I don't know. I mean, what uh, have we gotten a practice report I haven't from seen today? It
0: officially yet. I did hear that he was on the field today.
1: Which uh, this is this is a big question mark because even if he does play, how effective can he be? Because the reports are is that he had. A high ankle sprain, which was two games ago, I think uh, the Tennessee game. If I'm correct, let me look. Yeah, it was Tennessee, so that was uh, the second of October. And then they played the short week against Denver on a Thursday night in Denver. And uh, typically, guys that have a high ankle sprain, they're not coming back in two weeks. I mean, it's uh, most of them are four to six. So, will he or won't he play?
0: Uh, That's a big question. He was out there today, according to a report from the Indianapolis Star, the newspaper in Indy. Uh, He was back at practice Thursday, set out Wednesday with the ankle injury. He was warming up and doing drills during the media portion. And then running back Naheem Hines with a concussion was also at practice, but he had a red non-contact jersey.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Okay, so this past Thursday game against Denver, you don't have Jonathan Taylor available now you're expecting them to go with Naheem Hines. Well, he gets a concussion and uh, leaves. That has to leave the game because he actually tries to stand up and has fallen right. down. Yes, Gross motor instability. And I would be shocked if he's available to play, even though he got the extra half a week from the game on Thursday because, JP, we know right now the current climate in the league when it comes to concussions is that I think they're going to err on the side of caution with some of these guys especially in light of what's happening with the Tua situation. So I don't think he's going to be available. So is Jonathan Taylor going to play? We don't know. Hines, I don't expect him to play. Uh, the next guy up was Deion Jackson, who did a, actually did a pretty solid job. He had 13 carries for 62 yards in that game on Thursday night. Looked like a pretty good back. And then they had Philip Lindsey, who they activated off of the practice squad, and he had trouble finding the holes. And I was always kind of curious as to why the Broncos got rid of him and why nobody really kind of latched onto him. Because remember, he had, the, had a pretty strong rookie campaign as an undrafted guy. Well, what I saw Thursday night make you think, yeah, I mm-hmm. can understand why he was, he was available. So anyway, they've got some issues when it comes to their running backs, their center, your Alabama guy, Kelly, got hurt. Okay. He had a hip. He had to leave the game, didn't finish the game. And then there are wide receivers. You say that they're back, but do they really scare anybody?
0: Yeah, Pittman uh, is the guy who missed, of course, last uh, meeting back in week two. But uh, is he a home run threat? I don't know. He's a big body. I'll say that 6'4, 223. Yeah, he's a,
1: he's a big receiver. But, I mean, he doesn't change the way defensive coordinators. Scheme the Colts.
0: I say that he'll have three touchdowns now that I said that. Of course, well, but, I'm not. You know, I'm sorry, not. But I'll knock yeah. on wood with that too,
1: because I don't want to mess that up either. But <laughs> I mean, he's a good player. He's yeah. got size, but he. Do, I don't think he doesn't scare anybody. And then on the other side, they've got a rookie Alec Pierce. You know, so these are two bigger receivers. They do a good job catching the ball, but again, they're. You, know, you go back to the days when the Colts were, you know, had speed at wide receiver, legitimate speed, and people were scared of Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. They, these guys aren't it. Mm. And Matt Ryan is throwing, once you get past those two guys, to uh, a bunch of uh, no-name guys. Big questions on defense. Is Shaq Leonard going to play? But to be honest with you, J.P., that might be the smallest question that they have. Shaq Leonard is a really good football player. Right? Yes. Uh, how many times Pro Bowl guy? How many time All-Pro? Almost every year in the Pretty league. Pretty good, right? In yeah. one year, he didn't get the Pro Bowl. He should have been in the Pro Bowl, yeah. which I think was his rookie year. And uh, he, he had the back injury, had back surgery, and then he finally came back and played against Tennessee. In that game, he gets a concussion and a broken nose. And the reality is, is that the guys that have been playing when he hasn't been playing, which is like EJ Speed has been stepping in there, have been playing really good. So, I don't think he's i mean—he's missed because he's a turnover-making machine. But the level of play that they're getting with his backups has been exceptionally good for a backup, I can tell you that.
0: The Colts offensive line, you know, a couple of years ago, you would have looked at them and been, oh, wow, this is one of the best lines in, in all of football. Nelson was a couple of years in at left guard. They had some other personnel there, and they had kind of fixed – uh, that offensive line that they didn't have when Andrew Luck was around there. They, mm-hmm. they, they kind of neglected things, but they made up for lost time. Well, now Matt Ryan is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. Uh, what's going on well, on he, the offensive line, and, a- and how can this Jags defense exploit this group?
1: Well, he's the most sacked with Matt Stafford. Him and Matt Stafford, 21 sacks. Uh, both guys have been taken down. Uh First of all, you got to stop the run, and that's how the Jaguars were able to affect him in the first meeting. And when you stop the run, it puts a lot of pressure on an offensive line that's really trying to find a groove and a rhythm, and they haven't found it yet. You know, this past game Thursday night that they played against the Broncos, they actually tried to change the lineup a little bit to see if they could get some better results. They started a rookie left tackle in Bernard Raymond, Ryman, whatever you want to pronounce his name, Uh, Quentin Nelson started at his usual left guard. Kelly started at center, but again got hurt during that game. And they made another switch over on the right side. Matt Pryor, who had been their normal starting left tackle, moved over to right tackle. Then they kicked Braden Smith, I believe his name is. Yeah, Braden Smith. They kicked him down to to right guard. And uh, and then they benched Danny Pinter, who was the guy that was always kind of considered the weakest link with the Colts' offensive line. And the results didn't get any better. It might have gotten worse because Ryman, the left guard, or the left tackle, the rookie, got hammered. I mean, hammered. And then Matt Pryor wasn't that good at right tackle. And then you get an injury in the middle. And then I will say this. Quentin Nelson is not playing
0: that good. I mean, He was not, singing his praises going into week two.
1: Because I thought the first game he played really well. And for some reason, you had reason, him in the Hall
0: of Fame going into week.
1: Two. I mean, this guy's one of the best guards in football. I mean, typically he's one of the best guards you ever I've ever watched on film. And the the performance that he had Thursday night against the Broncos, Broncos was not that good. And I guess the previous week against Tennessee was not that good either. So I, and you go and you look at what his rating is on PFF, mm,
0: Pro Football Focus. Yes. Okay. What Hit, was it?
1: And and if you. Put in the category that you got to have 50% of the snaps, which is kind of a, a qualifying factor to rank the guard. So you're trying to rank the guys that play, not somebody that goes in and plays 10 snaps and plays exceptional and gets a high rating because of that. So you want to take out some of those outliers. So I did. You go in there and you put 50% of the snaps in, and he's ranked 23rd. Wow. wow. 23rd. How about that? Yeah. Which uh, – not very good. Ryan Kelly? And he's supposed to be one of the better centers in football? That's what we hear. 21st. Mm. So, I mean, what's going on with the Colts? Well, I mean, the guys aren't playing as well, the ones that are supposed to be playing well. They're not playing as well as they should. So this is an opportunity for the Jaguars. So if you stop the run, and if they don't have Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be a lot easier to do that. And if Jonathan Ta- Taylor plays, how healthy will he be? Got a great opportunity to get after Matt Ryan, who is not going to be anywhere besides right in the pocket. He ain't going anywhere. Mm-mm. I mean, that's uh, when you're when you're a pass rusher, you want to pass rush guys like him because you know Matt Ryan doesn't move so good no more. I mean, he's not going to evade anybody in the pocket, and it's not like he has this great pocket presence about him. He got, he got away in the pocket on, on one play of late in the game against the Broncos, and he made a nice little uh, escape up into the pocket, and made a throw down the field. But, I mean, for the most part, once he gets moving, he doesn't function very well. Mm.
0: That's good news. Uh, we'll see if the Jags can take advantage of that this Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Plenty ahead on this show. We'll come back with the injury reports. Nothing official from the Jaguars as of yet today. We'll get to what we have when we return. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jags head coach ahead of this matchup against the Colts. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com and learn more. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Jaguars Happy Hour continues. Coming up at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach and get his thoughts on everything going on around the Jags. That's uh, coming up at 5 on the network.
1: A lot of uh, a lot of quarterback conversation questions uh, all swirling around after that game. Uh, I was Wondering immediately
0: after the game. I, I know. I I did heard. Did you hear this on, I, on the post game call in show, the scoreboard show? I
1: actually, I actually oh. heard some of that, and uh, and I did, I did hear Mister 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 Fred Taylor talking about a story about one guy who used to be a goody two shoes in the Legends community back oh. in the day. Who has uh, kind of flipped roles with somebody who wasn't so goody
0: two shoes back in the day? Uh, life happens sometimes, yeah. right? I guess I don't know how that <laughs> works. Yeah, that Bang. Was uh, that All was the was kind of a funny over. story? <laughs> I gotta say, interesting. Yeah, yeah Fred, you know what I'm talking I know, about. Yeah, if you listen, Fred, yeah, said that the other night too. All right, so uh, it's time now for the injury. JP's report. moving on. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't want to get gonna, blamed
1: for sharing the story. We're gonna get, protect <laughs> the
0: innocent. <laughs> Uh, Time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The official injury report has come out within the last four minutes or so. Five minutes. What do you got? Okay, Jaguars have four players on the list. It's the same four as Wednesday. Foley, Fatakasi, Quadriceps. Devon Hamilton with a foot issue, Zay Jones with an ankle issue, and Foye Aluakin with a calf issue. All were limited yesterday. All were officially limited in practice today. So, uh, no change in their status so far. The Colts have guys all over the place. A few of them are resting. They've got a couple concussion players. Uh, actually, three concussion players on the list. We'll start with the biggest names first. And Ryan Kelly the center with a hip issue did not practice Wednesday, was limited to day logs. Shaq Leonard has not practiced uh, all week long. Uh, Yannick, and Yann oh, was resting yesterday. Quiddy Pay, defensive and ankle injury, did not practice yesterday or today.
1: And he supposedly has a high ankle, which yeah. is the same thing that.
0: Jonathan Taylor has been dealing with and Jonathan Taylor did not practice Wednesday he was limited today and see that limited designation can be such a tool
1: What I mean by a tool What does limited mean Okay well, it means
0: it's not full
1: exactly it has a wide range of <laughs> of definitions right it can mean that the guy went out there on crutches and then did the the you know a couple drills on crutches or it could mean that Oh, we're just putting them on there because we want to make you think that maybe this guy's a little nicked up and he's not. I mean, it's it's a it's a mind game in a lot of ways. Because or, yeah, or be, it's, because I mean, they they they're you know how like when you're the old the old way of doing things, you know, like doubtful, questionable, because what is considered fifty fifty, doubtful seventy five percent chance the player won't play, probables twenty five percent whether a player will play or not. So with a practice designation, there's no percentage put to what percentage of plays that a player did. You know, so let's say he goes out there and he does stride and stretch, and then after that he does a little walk-through period in practice. Well, that's limited. I mean, maybe physically the guy can't even run. But he can do those other drills, so that's limited. So you see my, my point?
0: Yeah, well, I guess the other part, too, is like, what, what else do you want them to say? Like, do you want them to give every detail of, well, oh, no, this I'm guy just, I'm played just seven that it, snaps of 11 on 11 with the first team in practice today, but then sat out periods four, five, and six? No, no, no. What no what you, don't want,
1: you don't need that much detail. But yeah, my, my point is, is that if you're trying to make a determination whether or not a player is, pra- is going to play or not on Sunday on, based on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice designation or whatever you want to call it, you're not going to be able to figure that out because they can they can say some things that maybe not be so accurate with a practice report. You know, if a guy practices limited, what does that mean? It means it wasn't full. It means he didn't do something. Right. Maybe he didn't do just one play maybe he did 99% of them and uh, maybe you know, he only did 1% of them right, you know what i mean right and so the, you can't you can't kind of draw any inferences off of a practice report from wednesday thursday you got to just wait until game day a lot of a lot of cases
0: well that's it for the injury report presented by baptist health and the jacksonville orthopedic institute the, the good official thing, sports medicine provider of the jacksonville jaguars that's the, why we need to
1: do the it the good thing is that the jaguars are pretty healthy now the uh, significant loss is not on the injury report and that's the loss of Ben Barch.
0: Yeah, Ben Barch's done for the year, knee issue. Tyler Shatley will get the nod to start at left guard this week.
1: That that's a significant loss. Because Ben Barch was playing well, he had been uh, improving on a week-to-week basis. And uh, and I thought he was uh, improved last year. But I thought that he's taken his game to another level this year. And, uh, and it's a shame that he had the knee, whatever happened. a shame that he had the knee just because he was making so much progress. But he'll be back next year, hopefully, with, uh, with no lingering issue at all.
0: Kaevan Chazan also on injured reserve, but expected to be back. he's got to be on there at least four weeks before he can come back. Yeah,
1: and, and that's, that hurts just because you lose a little bit of depth, but you have you have some depth there. you know Arden Key's a guy that plays some of what Kavan does on on defense, but you're going to lose some packages. maybe you can put some other players in that type of position, but you do lose Kavan on special teams, yeah, he's which big there. He is—he's uh, been a, a pretty good contributor on special teams, but uh, yeah, those uh, glad to hear that he has a chance to get back, and disappointed for Ben Barch and, and I hope that everything goes well if he needs a surgery or whatever. I hope everything goes well because uh, it was uh, it was fun to watch him improve week to week.
0: It is good to see Fadakasi getting at least a little bit of practice time. As we said, you know, we don't see all of practice. You can't really – it says limited. That means he didn't do nothing. He did something. Right. That's a good step at least. And we'll see if he's available this week.
1: Well, and they've got uh, – they uh, elevated when they made those two changes all with the injured reserve players with Caleb Anchazon going on injured reserve and then also Ben Barch, They elevated Corey Peters to the active roster who's the 13th-year player that they had on practice squad and they elevated him this past Sunday. So he's brought up to the active roster as well as an offensive lineman that was signed by the name of John Miller who's been around the league about eight years. So with the injury to Barch, obviously they're looking for maybe a little depth at guard, and that's what John Miller is going to be able to provide, and, and uh, Shatley will do a good job. You know, and I think it will be interesting to see what happens going forward. Will Shatley continue to be the left guard where you maybe try, you know, a Cole Van Lannan who came into the process a little bit later when the Jaguars were practicing with the Atlanta Falcons. That's when he joined the team. Is he a guy that could maybe get some reps over there? Is John Miller a guy? I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that could happen there. You know, Shatley's the perfect swing guy. And you hate to lose that on game Day, and I'm not saying he's you know that he can't be a starter. His best position is center to be a regular starter. I think he's a high quality backup. I mean, like a high quality backup on game day for Center in the two guard positions. but uh, we'll have to wait and see kind of how they treat that position moving forward.
0: What kind of matchup does the Jaguars offensive line have as a whole this week against the Indy front?
1: Well, Shatley's got, is going to have his hands full because they've got a guy by the name of DeForest Buckner who's pretty good, JP. Have you heard of him? Uh, yes. Yeah. He's Very th- talented he's pretty player. Good. Yeah. And his he's, length. He's, he's got length. He's got serious length. He's <laughs> one of those six, uh, six foot six, six foot seven defensive tackles that is strong. He had two sacks in the Broncos game, which was kind of his breakout game. You know, he's been close to kind of double digits every year. You know, then that seven, eight range of sacks every year. Good player against the run. Good pass rusher because he's long and he can run. He's got movement. He's got power. He's one of the better interior defensive linemen that there is in the league. Really good player.
0: How'd they do against him week two? you remember?
1: Did pretty good against him. I mean, he he had his moments where he he made some some things happen, but – the offense was so precise in that game about not allowing them to even have an impact on the quarterback just because the ball was coming out, you know, bang, 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 bang. No no defensive lineman can, you know, get to a quarterback when the ball was coming out that quick. So, you know, run the ball well, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand pretty fast, and, and that was like the secret, I think, to neutralizing force Buckner in that first matchup, but if you get into some situations to where you're not running the ball and you're predictable and you're in third and long, to allow Ngakwe the pass rushing opportunities and then also to force Buckner, could he pay if he plays, that's that's not where you want to be. Now the other defensive lineman in the middle, Grover Stewart's a good football player. Now those two guys in the middle are are pretty dang good. Two two big, strong guys, good against the run. And you know, Grover Stewart's not the big pass rush guy, but really, really good run stopper.
0: If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F one fifty, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll return with some final thoughts. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach coming up ahead of this week 6 matchup in the AFC South, the Jaguars and the Colts coming up Sunday. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, it's Thursday, it's week six, and if you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jaguars social media, a live look at the Miller Electric Center outside TIAA Bank Field under construction, and it continues day by day. You drive in in the morning, they're starting something, you drive out in the afternoon, it's finished, they're moving on. It's called construction, that's how it works, and it should be open for business by training camp of next year. And boy, will it be nice. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, really nice. So nice. Uh, that's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. Coming up at 5 o'clock, it is the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach coming up ahead of this matchup. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm curious. You know, his thoughts, emotions about what's going on with the offense right now in the red zone especially. They have struggled down in that area. I think they're 23rd in the league in the red zone this year. They were 0 for last week. The turnovers, seven of those, as you mentioned, the last two weeks and losses all from the quarterback. And with an offense that goes through the quarterback, they're going to be a pass-first team. The quarterback's got to play better overall. I'm curious what Doug has to say about that.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and Doug, Doug, you know, it's, it's... – it's kind of a situation, I think, as a head coach to where you want to make sure you address it, but you don't want to just sit there and constantly talk about the quarterback because that, that doesn't serve you the best situation to be put. Not, you know, because here, here's what I mean, JP. If you're talking about the quarterback all the time being the issue, what are you doing to his psyche? Right. Because that's not the only issue. So, I mean, you have to be able, to, as a coach, to be able to spread responsibility and accountability around to your football team. And that accountability also gets spread into the coaching staff. How can we do things better as a coaching staff? And, and I'm sure that Doug is looking at all of that. You know, Doug's been around the block before. And that's I think the, the great thing about having a head coach like Doug in place is that this is not his first rodeo. He's been there. He's done that. He's dealt with a lot of these things before. And he knows how to deal with them moving forward. And that's, I think, a real positive. And he's worked with quarterbacks. He played the position. He understands what it is and how hard it is to play that position. And I think he will handle this situation with this team in a very positive way.
0: As we said at the start of the show, it's a team that still has everything out in front of them. Of course, it's week six, I and mean, there's a lot of football left ahead, but. A win against Indy on the road would be all of a sudden 2-1 oh, in, in the division. 2-1 in the division, 3-3 and three overall. One more game against the Texans coming up later, and then uh, two Titans matchups late in the season. Those are down the road a bit. But uh, if you get another one in your back pocket here, then you're in, in pretty good shape in the division, at oh, least you, right now.
1: You want to get back to gaining a little bit of a swagger back as, as a football team, gaining some confidence because you've got some some really tough games coming up. I said this last week, and that when you were playing the Texans or getting ready to play the Texans, you want to win the winnable games, and that was a winnable game that they had here Sunday. Well, this is a game I think that's a – I don't want to say it's a game that they should win because I don't like to use that terminology. Is this game a winnable game? Well, this is a winnable game, but it's at the Colts' place where they have had very good luck. This has been kind of a home team's advantage matchup. Jaguars having won, I think, out of, what eight consecutive here. It's been a while in Jacksonville. Yep, yep. and the Colts have won uh, four consecutive in Indianapolis, and I think eight of the last nine in Indianapolis. So this is not going to be an easy game. Uh, Frank Reich does a great job of pulling his team together after tough starts. If you look at the last two years, it's kind of gone down that way, and then they get on a roll. And what I think concerns me the most, is that you have a veteran quarterback who has been there. The offensive line with the Colts has not played well. But the Jaguars' pass rush, I think I've got some concerns with. The pass rush hasn't been as good as you would like it to be. It's been kind of quiet. And if you go quiet against Matt Ryan, he's been around too long to not be able to do some damage to your defense. That to me, is a, a critical part to this ball game, is making sure that you do a great job stopping their run, whoever run is running the ball, and then you've got to find a, a way to affect Matt Ryan because you haven't been affecting the quarterback as much as you should be doing.
0: They've uh, discussed it, uh, the head coach, of course, um, players in the locker room, that a lot of the issues are self-inflicted issues, the fumbles, the missing gaps on run defense occasionally. Yeah, um, the rushing
1: the passer is not self-inflicted. Uh, no, that's I, a, I know, I'm moving no, forward. No, I know, know I know, I know you're moving yeah. forward, but I just want to make a point of that, yeah. that that's that's not a matter of, of, okay, we. that's an easy fix. That's a matter of, hey, look, we got to start winning some one-on-ones. Right. You're right, right. You always want to fix the fixable things, but then there comes a point, okay, now that you fix the fixable things, now you have to beat men. Okay, you have to beat somebody. You know, you've got to beat an individual. And that's be- that yeah. becomes the challenge. You know, you've got to see Trayvon Walker have, have more of an impact. You know, the first game in Washington, I had a tremendous game. Gotten a little bit quiet since then. Josh Allen, I thought this past game was a little quiet. And he's got to start having more of an impact. Where's the impact on the interior rush overall? They need to start having an impact. So it, it's got to it's be good this week, especially because this is a quarterback that you can affect him in a big way because he doesn't have the physical things that he used to have. I mean, I'm not trying to say he's an old man, but. Well, he is. He's getting up there, JP, and he doesn't, he doesn't move like he used to
0: you know right right kind
1: of like i don't move like i used to i
0: certainly don't either that's for sure i know that's for sure yeah you're young yeah i was talking about you though i was talking about you i'm talking about you uh tonight on television jaguars all access live from strings brewery in springfield on fox 37 o'clock josh allen is the regular co-host i'll be there you and what brent martineau you might have heard of him Yeah, yeah and then uh who's the special guest tonight
1: Devin Lloyd.
0: All right. yeah, Great we're gonna have show. Devin
1: Lloyd, who was the NFL rookie defensive player for the month of September and is a, a strong candidate, in my opinion, for and will be a strong candidate for the NFL defensive rookie of the year. This guy is, is really good. Now, he had a couple missed tackles last week, but I will say that he gets around the ball effortlessly. And when I say effortlessly, it's not, it requires effort. But he's just so smooth and he's so consistent and he's so athletic he does things that are just fun to watch and he's a good one now he's a real good really good player
0: always around the ball always has his hands on the ball it feels like he had that at Utah that was his MO in college I think
1: they had I think he he ended up getting credited for 11 tackles in that game against the Texans mm-hmm. but yet he had i think like five missed tackles wow Wow. So think about that. If he makes all those tackles, let's say all of a sudden he just transformed into Bobby Wagner and doesn't miss any of those tackles. <laughs> he's got 16 tackles in a game. I mean, that's a lot. but I mean that's that's impressive yeah. now. So I mean that's something that he needs to clean up, which I'm sure he knows that because he's a you know what you I love, to, Have you had a chance to visit with him yet? I have, and what I love yeah. about him is that he is—he is very aware. He is a student of the game. From talking to the coaches, and they love his work ethic, and uh, yeah, and he and, and remember, the guy missed all of the preseason. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, he he missed everything, but the Atlanta week.
0: And he was the only one out there, the starters. That that was all the starters. He was the only one that played yeah,
1: right. yeah. in that preseason game. Yeah. But he missed all of camp until they went to Flowery Branch to practice the Falcons. And that's when he started to practice full. Played in that game and it was a starter from the get-go. And he has been, he's been good. Really
0: good. Look forward to that tonight on uh, Jaguars All Access Television. Get down to strings. That's a good time. If you've never been to uh, a show in person, go check it out. Food's fantastic, of course. The, uh, the beer flows, and uh, it's quite not a scene. Not for me, JP. No, no you're no, working. Not for me. You're working. Not
1: for me. They got they, A lot of people like the food there. I like the food there. Got good cold beer. Just wish... Wasn't working. <laughs> hey, why don't you come and sit in for me tonight and I'll well, drink no, beer and maybe watch I'll you? I'll just
0: come down and drink beer and watch you. That's Maybe that's <laughs> what I'll do. How about that? All right. So, how are you feeling about this game? It's a divisional matchup. <sighs> nervous. Are you nervous? Yeah, really? I'm nervous. Why? I'm ner- because of Matt Ryan. Because of Matt Ryan, you're nervous. Yeah. You're not nervous because the Jags offense has been a little shaky the last couple well, of weeks? Well,
1: I mean, that's part of it. But. Uh, You've turned the ball over a lot. They've turned the ball over a lot recently. You've got, uh, you know, Matt, I think you've got two of the top three quarterbacks in giveaways in the National Football League this week. So which quarterback kind of cleans that up? And Matt Ryan's got an offensive line that's, that's struggling. The Jaguars' offensive line, on the other hand, I thought played pretty well this past game. Now it was against the Texans' defensive front. That I wouldn't say is one of the best in the league now. And you heard me talking about that last week. Said that their front seven's not great.
0: Right, but they're still an NFL defensive front. They are.
1: And the Jaguars' offensive line did pretty good. So can Trevor get the same time in Indianapolis that he was getting this past game so that he can work his things out? And will Matt Ryan get better protection so that he can – figure some things out with their passing game. That's – this is a game that – I, I hate to say that. Which, which quarterback bounces back after the subpar performance of last week? Because Matt Ryan had a subpar performance and then Trevor Lawrence had a subpar performance. Which one bounces back? Whichever one does
0: will lead their team to victory. How many points will it take to win this game?
1: Uh – Probably twenty twenty three. I think twenty three would be it. Seems right. Seems about right. Um, and I, I did. And the defensively, uh, Gus Bradley's got a good defense over there. They're playing solid. They they keep their eyes back to the quarterback. Stephon Gilmore has been really good. Was a hero last Thursday night. Had a pass breakup and then uh, two. Was it one interception, one pass breakup, or two two pass breakups? He had an interception and a pass breakup to end the game. Pretty
0: good day. He's been pretty good. He's a good
1: player. Big challenge. Big challenge.
0: All right, so the Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts coming up from Lucas Oil Stadium coming up in a couple of minutes. It's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach. We're going to go to social media, as we always do, and get a question for the coach. And, And for you a little later in that show, Logs, we're going to go to the social media again. Okay. Like we did last week. All right. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'm good with that. You know what I'm looking forward to this week too, JP? What? Indianapolis has got a good steakhouse.
0: There's a few, yes.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see. I'm probably going to go visit one of them.
0: Yeah. Shrimp cocktail.
1: I'll send you pictures.
0: Great. Just what I need. More pictures of your food. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just, just what I was missing. Um, I'll look I'll, forward I'll to I'll that. send you
1: a close-up picture of the shrimp cocktail. Mm-hmm.
0: I was up there uh, a few weeks ago for a Purdue game, so I, I got to stop in there. Did you eat? I did. All right. Very well. Thank All you. All right. Good. All right. That'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on Jaguars.com. The Jaguars at 2-3 and three headed up to Indy with a 1-1 one one divisional record. Big matchup. The final matchup of the year against the Colts for the Jaguars. Coming up in just a few moments, it's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on Jaguars Radio.